Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. Morning. Good morning. <laughs> you really had to force that one, I feel like. It's the morning. It's almost 10 o'clock. All right, 9 o'clock. I'm so happy to be here with you once more. This is the last time this weekend that I'll be able to be up here um, speaking to all of you wonderful, wonderful people. Um, little scare. I was sneezing a lot this morning. No cough, though. Corona. It's all right. It's fine. I'm good with it. I'm good with it. Whatever. Uh, I think. I'm a little freaking out, but whatever. Um, Just want to recap a little bit. uh, For the past uh, three sessions, we've been kind of in this idea throughout this weekend. One family, we beautifully have portrayed what it may look like for us to be one family through this amazing textile, tactile, tactile, new word, tactile uh, illustration here. Of, of magnets and flowers and a tree, family tree, one family, uh, rooted and established in Christ. And because of that, we can be a part of this family connected, interwoven by his Holy Spirit, his grace, his love. Man, that's awesome. Um, I love having brothers and sisters in Christ uh, because it, it is a genuine family that I can lean on and grow with and be you know, even like when I stumble and, and I have these like, you know, moments, uh, I can go to a brother and be like, hey, man, like, can you pray for me? Can you encourage me? And that guy, that person, I just texted him today. It's his birthday. That guy, um, he'll be there for me to be like, yeah, like, I love you. I love your family. I want you to grow. I want us to grow together. Like, let's keep let's keep moving forward. Let's keep Uh, sharing in what God has for us, the good things. And I think it's just so beautiful to have a family like that, a family that you can actually trust, that you can lean on, depend on, and you can grow together. A family member that believes the best in you, a family member that wants the best for you, and you're kind of, you're established and rooted in the same love, the same love of Jesus, a redeeming love, a reconciling uh, love, a restoring love, a grace-filled love, a perfect love. Because that's ultimately what I think we want inherently anyway is just to be loved and to be able to express a love that is actually actually genuine one that that has been uh, modeled for us by the person who is willing to die for us I mean I want that kind of love I want to share in a family that knows how to love like that because I think love can become so trivial sometimes and it's so selfish especially when I'm watching like these shows these new shows on Netflix and I'm like what is going on how are we trivializing love like this where we get to choose between multiple people and say this person and these things fit me best and will be able to compliment me best so I'm going to choose them and dedicate the rest of my life for that selfish ambition that they are bringing to me and Jesus is like dude that's not what my love is My love lays my life down for you. My love is a sacrificial love. My love is a a serving love. It, It serves others. My love is not selfish. It is not envious. It is gentle. It rejoices in the truth. It does not celebrate in lies. It is not self-seeking. 
My love gives. My love gives and my love uh, does not have prejudice. My love is, is a love that, that covers the whole of humanity. All different ethnicities, cultures, all different types of people. My love is sufficient for you. I want to be a part of that love. I want to be in that family. Because even in my own experience, with my own family, my own upbringing, all I experienced, not all I experienced, but much of what I experienced when it comes to the example that was set from my upbringing is, man, love. Love is self-seeking. And love is something that can be fractured and it can create a gap between individuals and it can ruin families and it can turn its back on other people because it's prideful. Love, man, that is just rooted in this human condition of selfishness is not a love that has victory. But a love that is rooted in Jesus, in the spirit, is a love that is victorious. It hopes all things. It believes all things. It trusts all things. Love never fails. The love that comes from Jesus. In Hosea for these past three sessions and into this one, we had these ideas. One, God gave. I gave. I gave good gifts, God says. Every good and perfect gift comes from me. But at some point, we said that the good things that God gave us was not good enough, so we're going to start looking for something better. And so God said, even though I gave, I gave you good gifts i'm establishing you i'm protecting you i'm securing you i'm loving you you are returning to some old ways old habits and we see this picture unraveling and unfolding through the illustration of hosea and gomer hosea was a man of god gomer was a prostitute he's like hey i'm going to be married to you i want to give you good things for a while that works but after some times gomer starts going after the things that she feels like she was missing out on or the things that she was used to before she met hosea so she returned but then we talked about last night how god says hey go get gomer go get her back and at this point gomer has been enslaved she's been enslaved to a master that wants to strip everything from her take everything from her has nothing for her and just wants to use and abuse her and she's on this auction block and she's being sold to another master for a price and hosea he steps up because god says hey go love your wife again go love your wife again and so hosea he goes and he pays the price so that he might uh, redeem her remember redeem means to repurchase to take back to gain possession of through payment and today we're going to talk about this idea of when that relationship is restored what does it look like then from that point that we will love we will love So in this language of redemption, where a price is paid in order to regain possession of something, we have a stark contrast. And I kind of alluded to this a little bit in the, in the past messages, and we're going to kind of bring it back in this point right here. But we have a stark contrast between how the nation of Israel was, or who the nation of Israel was while they were forgetting God, and how God viewed them once they returned. So there's this like, kind of viewpoint this perspective this approach that changes when it comes to God's heart and how he names his people while they were far from him 
But now that they're reunited, redeemed, reconnected, restored, there's this little switch, man, that the implications of that switch, a renaming, if you will, spans and, te- and spans the time from generation to generation, even up until now. And this is God's for us, God's heart for us right now. Here's what Hosea says in chapter 2, verse 23. And I love this. It says, at that time, when it is finished, or at that time, when their heart returns to me, I will plant a crop of Israelites, my people, my children. I will plant a crop of Israelites and raise them for myself. I will show love to those I called not loved. Remember, there were these children that Gomer had 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 out of wedlock, not loved and not my people. And that was, that was the, the result of the sin and the things that she was ch- uh, uh, chasing in her life. And uh, it, it, was, it was birthing different, uh, more sin out into the world. It was, it was generating more sin. It was generating a people that would ultimately be far from God. So God says, hey, look, when she has those children outside of my heart, when she gives herself to those things and some, and some bad fruit gets birthed through these decisions, through this sin, I'm going to name them. I'm going to make sure people know, hey, those are not my kids. They weren't born in line with my heart. And those are not my people. They're not loved by me. But that doesn't mean there wasn't a hope for them. God says, I will show love to those I called not loved. And to those I called not my people, I will say, now you are my people. Isn't that crazy? I love that. Because I think so often we want to see God as some like condemning God or some God that wants to be so distant from the sin and brokenness in our life. And, and, and we have indictment and judgment on the stuff that is broken. And, and, and like even those people like... They were birthed out of sin, out of sinful places, and they were following the trajectory and the path that their forefathers had laid out for them. And so, like, really, did they have a chance? Did they have a chance at that point? This is is a sin, a lifestyle of sin, track record. Like, if I look back into the generations of my past, the implications of the choices that were made for my great-grandfathers and my grandfathers and my father, like, that takes hold. It sets you on a course. And I think sometimes we, I'll forget about them. They're hopeless. They're hopeless. But God says, man, I have hope for the people that you label as hopeless. I have, I have a victory for the people that you would say are in a posture of defeat. I have a, I have a order to the chaos in your life. I have a calm for the storm that you're giving yourself to, that you're finding yourself in. 
I have healing for the sick places in your life. So yeah, there might be that kind of label, that posture that you might have. There might be that judgment toward that person, but don't count God out because the very thing that we might say, those aren't God's people. He may be desiring to reclaim and restore at his appointed time to say, no, those were not my people, but now they are my people. They were not loved, but now they are loved. And God says, I'm going to plant a crop of Israelites, this small remnant of Israelites, and I'm going to show love to those who I called not loved. God wanted to show love to the people who were called not loved by that crop, through that crop of Israelite people, his children, people who would say, we would say were not loved would now be able to experience love through his people. And those who, who were considered not his children, that through this crop of Israelites that would be established, they would know that they could be God's children, that there was a hope for them, that there was a restoration in store for them. And it's crazy because those that I called not my people, I will say, now, now you are my people. And they will reply, you are our God. You are God. Do you know that's God's hope for every human being that he's created? That we would come to a point where we could experience the truth and love and redemption and grace of God. That where one time we might consider ourselves like, I can't be his son. I can't be his daughter. I'm too far gone. I'm too messed up. My heart's too dark. My soul's too numb. My mind is too uh, far gone. And God would say, I have a hope for you. I have a plan for you. I have a purpose for you. You are mine. And I want you to be mine. And there can be this moment where a person can come into their right mind. And their heart can be turned toward God. And their soul can be touched by him. And they can direct the eyes of their heart toward him as he reaches for them. And they see him and the eyes are, of their heart are enlightened to his surpassing grace and glory and power. And they're established in that moment to say, I'm loved by you. I was made for you. And you are my God. That's his hope. And so my question is for this crop of God's people, all about 200 of us, this crop of God's children, who at one time even it may have been said about you, that's, you aren't, you're not my people. I've heard in my history that they're not Christians. That's not a Christian. They're not Christians. That's not Christian. That means, that for, for us, that means that they're not God's people. And they're not experiencing the love of God in their life. And at one time, that was me. That was you. We could say that about you, but upon your belief in Jesus upon experiencing and receiving his grace now you that were not loved are now loved 
And you have been established. And his plan for you is to express and be a witness of that love toward people who remain in that place and posture of not my people and not loved. Through you, God's desire is that his love would be manifested toward people who do not yet know him. Through you. That's your job. That's your role. To love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Who is your neighbor? Anyone and everyone. Your closest friend and your worst enemy. That's your neighbor. You don't get to pick and choose. You're called to love that people would know that he is God because of the way that you love. And you bring a hope to those who say, that's not my God. And I'm not his child. And you bring a love that leads them to tasting heaven on earth in that moment through you by the way that you greet by the way that you uh, serve, by the way that you encourage, by the way that you share your faith, by the way that you love. The way that you give, the way that you defend, the way that you stand in the gap for what's right, that is how they may know that there is a God and that you belong to him and that he has a hope for them too. Through you, I will establish a crop of my people and raise them for myself. And through them, I will show love to those I called not loved and to those I called not my people. I will say, now you are my people. And they will reply, you are my God. That's an amazing hope. And I've, do you know, in my personal life, I have touched people more deeply with the word of God and have seen life change in their life more powerfully when I'm out in the world just doing life with people, even more than being up front with a microphone. I've done more ministry in my life one-on-one over a frappuccino or a burrito than I believe I have with a microphone in my hand. And so for you, for you all, you get to share in that same truth because you're out there every single day in your school, on your sports team, in your community, on your phone. You get to share the love every day. You don't need a microphone and you don't need to be in your 30s to do it. You can show love. God started the movement with a crop of teenagers. Remember when I said that on day one? He uses teenagers. Why? Because you're reckless. No inhibitions. Your risk assessment is not fully developed. Just step in it and show love. Get uncomfortable. God used a crop of teenagers to begin a movement that turned the world upside down, and he didn't even have TikTok, didn't even have Instagram. They had sandals on their feet, and they went through a a region that was very 
violent against people who had very different ideas. And they stepped in that truth. They said, yeah, I'm young, but I've seen God. I'm young, but I know God. And this is what love looks like. You want to be a part of it? His name's Jesus. Teenagers changed the world. So how also can we do this? Who do we look to? 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. God has united you with Jesus Christ. You're his people. You are loved by him. He is your God. God has united, has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Look to Jesus, man. The Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The epistles that point to him. The letters in the New Testament. Christ made us right with God, and God made him to be wisdom. You want to align your heart with the heart of God? You want to see what perfect love looks like? Take a look at the narrative of Jesus. How did he do it? He sat with people who were alone and by themselves. He encouraged people who were in defeated posture and places. He stepped out and he crossed the line. And the people that would say, that person's unlovable, he stepped in and said, you are loved. We leave so many people alone. And the model of Jesus is that we step in the gap and we say, you are not alone. You are God's child. You are my potential brother or sister. God loves you. This is what it looks like. So I'm going to be with you. I'm going to stand in the gap. I'm going to step in. Christ made us right with God. Look to Jesus in the narrative. How did he show unconditional love? How did he step in the gap? Christ has made us right with God. He is wisdom itself. He made us pure and holy and he freed us from sin. He bought us back. He saved us from that which was enslaving us. Remember, we're twice his. You're twice mine. So here's, here's what I would like to do. And I think my man Elijah is going to help me. He's going to take a spot. And then I'm going to be on the opposite side. Um, here's what I would like to do. So I'm like, go love, go love, go love. Okay. So it can get a little uncomfortable out there, right, to, like, break the ice. You ever feel the nudge in your heart before to, like, have you ever seen, like, a homeless person on the side of the road and you felt a nudge, like, oh, man, like, we should help that guy. But then you just kind of, like, walk by. Have you ever felt that nudge? Or, like, someone in school, like, <clears throat> I don't know, like, I remember in school, like, somebody would just be having a hard day and I'd feel, like, a nudge to go help them. And just walk by. Like, God gives you these opportunities, and we feel the nudge because we're like, oh, somebody should do something. And God's like, yeah, you, yes, you do it. And you're like, but somebody else will do it, I think. <laughs> just keep walking, mind my business. Um, why do we do that? Why do we do that? So um, in this place, which is a safe place, church, a churchy place, it's like the easiest place on earth to do this. And I want you to do it because as you do it, then you'll possibly 
increase your chances of actually stepping into the uncomfortable place, like in your school or in your home or in the environments God has you, to like bring love, not just say God is love, just actually bring love. So um, here's what I want you to do. I'm going to give you an opportunity in this room, on this mic, to stand up and look somebody in the eye that you love and care about and tell them why. Like call them by name and say, I love you because, and you matter to me because, and you mean so much to me because, and tell them you love them. It should be easy, right? You've spent a whole weekend together. Got leaders in here, students, like this is easy. So that's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. So when you're ready to tell somebody how much you love them in this room, you just raise your hand. Lily, I love you because we've been through a lot of experiences together, and even though we argue a lot, you're still my sister, and at the end of the day, we're still there to talk, and a lot of people haven't heard some stuff that you've heard, so thanks for being there. I love you. What's up, bro? Can you tell me your John, name? John. I'm going to hold the mic. John. John. But she's keeping it. Oh. I love you too. I'm going to hold the mic. Uh, just tell us your name. Sorry about that. And uh, I'm John, and I would like to give a shout out. Hey, um, I'd like to give a shout out to uh, uh, Melinda Marzian and Melissa Graham. Um, they've known me since I was a kid, and I was a real, I was a real pain to deal with sometimes when I was little. And I'm really happy and glad that they've stuck with me and kept me on the right track and give me a whooping when I needed it. So thank you guys for being awesome and being like a second set of parents to me. I love you both. Amen. Hello, my name is Chad. Uh, Ian, uh, I love you so much, Ian. Um, we've been through a lot together. We're not really brothers, uh, but I really wish we were. Um, we've been through a lot together, and I truly love you. Awesome. Yeah, he's cool. Too. What's your name? Can you stand up? I'm going to hold it. Okay. <laughs> um, my name's Brianna, and I want to give a shout-out to Becky, because I know we just met recently this year, but you're full of so much wisdom and strength, and you're such a good guidance, and I'm so happy that we got to get close this retreat. I love you. Amen. Uh, I'm Brennan. Uh, I'm Chad's twin brother. He didn't want to shout me out, but okay. Um, I don't want to shout out like one person, but I want to shout out my whole church. I love all you guys. Thank you for like all being together. Like we're all one. Love every one of you. What's your name? I'm Cheyenne, and I want to shout out my cousin Emily because I've, I've grown up with two brothers, and she's like the sister I never had. Amen. I got it. What's up, bro? Hey, Maya. I, just, I met you 40, 
44 hours ago or something, but I just want to say uh, I love you and I admire your bravery and um, just, you know, at first you seemed like really um, shy, but like even just like walking with you to the horses, like you opened up so much and um, it just really saw your spirit and um, we were just so thankful to have you. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to Jocelyn because even though she's she deals with me sometimes, she's been there through thick and thin with me, and I love you. All right, here in the back. Now nah, I saw a hand go up. That's right, I know. <laughs> Can't do that. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> um, Kira and Sienna. I love you guys <laughs> because you're like my best friends ever, and I just love you guys so much. Thank you. Can I hold it? I won't. I won't put my mouth on it. <laughs> okay. Um, I just want to give um a shout out to most of my leaders, uh, specifically like Megan and Tara. Uh, they just pour themselves into the ladies here, and they mean a lot to me because I don't like people like that, and I like them. So, love you guys. And John. Shout out John, too. All right. All right, I'm James. Uh, I want to give a shout out to my youth leaders that are here with me as well as all my youth. I haven't been your leader for about eight months, you know, fresh out of college, but uh it's been such a blessing. You guys are wonderful. I love you all, and I can't wait to see what the future has in store, God has in store for us. Amen. 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 All right, last one, last one. Uh, my name is Allison, and I would like to give a shout-out to my eighth-grade class. You're like the family I never had, especially since most of you find ways to joke about things that other people find serious, like a mass virus. I didn't hear the last word. What? Oh, like a mass virus. We share that together. Okay. Yeah, nice. That's sweet. That's really got me. Last one. Yeah, you can stand up. Who are you going to talk to? All right. So don't mind my voice, but I want to talk to my best friend, but my whole group that I'm here with, because I know that no matter what I grow through or what they grow, go through, they will be there for me no matter what. And I know I can always count on them and that I love them so much. She can count on you. That's nice. So these are just words of affirmation, saying why you love somebody. Um, and I feel like we should probably do that a little bit more in our life, um, especially to the ones who really just love us well. Um, for some of you, that's your parents. Uh, you don't tell them you love them enough. And look, I've learned a lot by, like, having two young kids. It ain't easy. <laughs> But, man, like, when my son or my daughter says, like, Dad, I love you, like, gosh, man, it shows me Jesus. When you say that you love your parents or the people who go out of their way to love you, even though they might mess up, you show them Jesus. Do you know that? That's important. When you're able to call out the good in people, the Christ in people, it shows them Christ. Like, that's important. And so just, I know it's been, like, an awesome weekend, and I just want you to 
have that takeaway. Like, there's probably three things you can do. Like, stay in your youth groups. Stick with your people. Go through the ups and downs with them. Don't give up on them. Two, like, take up your Bible and take a look how Christ did it. He is the wisdom of God. He will show you how to love. And three, like, talk to God, man. Like, get in a quiet place and just talk to God. Give him, give him what concerns you. Give him what you, you love about your life. Like, give it to him. And then close your mouth and just listen a little bit and see what the Holy Spirit might be saying to you. So with that last thing, and Elijah, I'm going to use you one more time, is I would love to just give us an opportunity, anyone in this room, where you can share one major takeaway. What was your one major takeaway from this, this weekend? One major takeaway from this weekend. Hold on, we're going to get you on the mic. Go ahead, bro. The fact that God loves us no matter what. No matter what. Anybody? Takeaway? What's your takeaway? You don't got one, bro? You lying. Anybody else? What's your one takeaway? Got this whole room of people. Not one person has a takeaway. Shoot, I, I might have failed this weekend. All right, so with the skit that they did last night and the way they presented the crucifixion, when they said that they called it a crucifixion, I called it a proposal. Wow. That was my takeaway that, you know, that was Jesus, his invitation and as we talked in our small group, one of the things that was said was that that invitation, that's something that you carry in your back pocket. And you can pull out at any time. Amen. So. amen, amen. Maya gave herself her heart to Jesus last night. What? She's about to share something. Yes, little sister. Um, I'm, my major takeaway is that I got to experience um, the love of God. And that I would be able to, I came here unsaved, but now I am saved. And that Jesus is within my heart. Amen. That's awesome. Take away. Take away. I got one. Uh, my biggest takeaway from this weekend was basically, no matter how much wrong you do, Jesus is still there to love you. Amen. Amen. I'm going to go on that side, Elijah. So we Mine is that side. we are covered in love, and we don't have to do anything but show up, and he will love us for everything. Love that. Sorry. That's right. Anybody over here? No, no, because when I'm looking at Chad, he doesn't put his hand up. And then when I turn from Chad, he does. No, Chad. Oh, over here. That we can <laughs> that we can love people even if they don't love us the same way because that's what Jesus did for us. Yes. Yes. Amen. It's a good takeaway. Anybody else? Anybody? I love pointing at people who are like stretching and they're like, no. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, please don't look at me. <laughs> 
Oh, there's one. There's one, Elijah. The fact that Lou can't do cardio. I remember you. Some hot tea. <laughs> oh my gosh, that kid. What's your name again? Jack. Dude, Jack. Um, <laughs> Jack, like, just popped his head. We were eating lunch and or dinner and, like, the staff. And Jack just, like, pops his head in through this door that you shouldn't even have been popping your head into. You were putting Tommy's dinner away for him. Oh, he's allergic to everything. Okay. So, so, so. So then, like, I come out. He's like, hey, how was dinner to me? Did you say that? How was dinner? Or did Tommy say that? Okay, Tommy was like, how was dinner? I was like, it's delicious. Did you make it? And he was like, no. I was like, okay. Um, and then we go out on the back porch, and Jack goes, Jack goes, you can't do cardio. And I was like, okay. And he goes, I don't remember anything you said, but I remember that you can't do cardio. <laughs> uh, and then a single tear just kind of dripped down my face. Um, like, I learned that, like, we shouldn't stop loving someone even though, like, they stop loving us. You know, God tells us just, like, keep loving them because, like you said, they'll come back and, like, just if you keep loving them, it's just, yeah. That's good. Keep loving. All right. This is the last one. The last one. I learned that God will never give up on us. God will never give up on us. That's good. Remember that. Remember that. All right, y'all. Hey, look, I just want to uh, praise God for the privilege of this opportunity being with all of you. Um, I know that there are takeaways, and I know that God did work. He worked in me personally. Every time I'm able to do something like this, he even does work in my heart. And uh, I really appreciate it. I have, I'm hopeful because I think there's some people in this room who are going to keep it, and they're going to work it. And there's going to be some people one day, if not tomorrow, but even down the line, because we are in the seed planting business, that God's going to give life to that seed, and there's going to be fruit that is birthed and born, and it's going to point people to Jesus, and I'm hopeful for that. I believe that. So can I pray for us, and then we'll, uh, we'll get out of here. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, I just thank you and I praise you, Lord, for this opportunity. You call us yours, you call us loved. That's the end of the story. You call us yours, you call us loved. And you stand there with the invitation, and you're waiting for us to accept that gift, to place our trust in you, ultimately to say, I get it. I want it. You're right. You are my God. You are my God. Teach us how to love more and more, better and better each day. Help us to look to Jesus in everything and all things. He is the wisdom of God. We thank you, Lord, for this honor and privilege. I pray that we would keep it. We would keep it. And let it work through us, Lord, into others.
for a lifetime to come. We love you, Jesus. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Life After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.